Hey, what's up? It's another week of Tasia Talks, and I'm your host, Tasia. We have so much going on in the world around us today, and you better believe we're going to be talking about it today, tomorrow, next week. It's going to happen. You guys are going to get this news. (laughs) So you always know I'm going to have my co-host riding with me to the end. Um, who we got? Who we got today? Who we got? Today? We have the same lineup that we have had for the past couple of weeks. You like, know we're, we're still here. We're we're still, still here, here. Thank goodness. Um, hello everyone. Again, I am Denise. Um, so excited to be here for another week of Tasia Talks, and just want to let everyone know that if you ever have any suggestions or comments, if you want to let me know that I should not call people in Jacksonville trashy, please send us. <laughs> please send Lord. us an email at. Tasia Talks podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, please don't send any hate mail though. Yeah, no, it's all in love. It is all in love. It is all in love. Yeah, <laughs> and as always, this is your girl Red. Um, welcome back to our latest episode. Uh, today I'm actually going to touch a little bit on our book of the month. We're going to start. Um, I'm actually, we are actually going to be reading Women Who Run With Wolves by Clarissa Picola Estes. Um, so once a month, we'll probably bring up a book that we're reading and just go over it um, and probably different things. So welcome back, y'all. What is this book about? Girl. You want to tell them? So, okay, I got this book for my birthday. Um, basically, it's about powerful women, uh, just women who dare to be different, dare to be bold. I have not actually started it just yet, um, but it's basically, you know, about powerful women. So I'm, you know, I'm told I'm pretty powerful. And of course, you know, I surround myself with women just like that. So I'm interested in hearing about different women um, and their power and how they, uh, how they come overcome things. I love it. I love it. I'm excited to delve into that as well. And that totally ties into our subject for this week. We told y'all last week we was going to bring y'all some spiritual journey. So (laughs) we're here this week to bring you our own personal experiences um, on a spiritual level, religious level, and just how we have um, cultivated a life that is brilliant for us in our experience Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to talk about this subject because as everyone knows spirituality and religion is a very very like multifaceted complex subject so I think it's really really awesome for us to bring in such different dynamics and experiences and um, allow our listeners to get a little piece of us I'm excited <laughs> Shayla Ooh. aka Red yes yes I got about three names on here y'all know right. who it is <laughs> Red, Shayla, Coco Beach Little Red Rider <laughs> I'm answering everything answering everything so um, I guess for me my spiritual journey is um, it's ongoing it's uh, you know it's something you always have to put into um I feel like my spiritual awakening to be honest it started when I was 30 like I hit my 30s and I don't know what happened but it was like everything prior to that didn't even matter no more it was like I just cared about things differently I saw the world differently I felt like I had been living 
kind of like in a trance. I was basically just on autopilot. Then I hit 30 and I was like, you know what? I don't like how I'm living my life. This ain't working. I'm not growing. Something's wrong. So, and I don't know if y'all ever felt like you've just been like stagnant, like you're just stuck. But I honestly felt like, okay, this ain't working. So I started really just kind of like soul searching and trying to figure out, well, what is it that I'm doing or what is it that I'm not doing that's causing me to just, you know, be at a standstill. Um, And one of the things that I noticed was I just never sit still. I am always forever on go. Satasia will tell you, I am just like my mama. My off day ain't an off day. Now she stay on the go. (laughs) Yes, Lisa Patrick does stay on the go. You can tell I said that. But um, <laughs> basically, you know, I had to learn how to take a step back and like start appreciating the little things. Um, I don't really have anything specific that I do, but honestly, when things start, you know, becoming chaotic or whatever, I try to breathe. I try to tell myself it's okay. Um, I think about the things that's going on that I should be thankful for. Um, and I try not to be so hard on myself. I feel like we put a lot of restrictions on ourselves. Um, we're really hard on ourselves and we really shouldn't be that way at the end of the day life is already hard so um, I don't know how you ladies actually cope when you guys are going through depression or anxiety or you just feel like okay I'm, I'm stuck but I personally love being outside I will sit outside it does not matter the time of day it could be raining cold it does not matter when I'm outside I'm at peace um, How do you feel like they're different from, because you said like you basically got your spiritual awakening at 30. So how do you, how do you feel that that's different from your spiritual journey when you were younger or your religion or has your religion changed? Is it the same? Oh, like, So I, I honestly feel like in my twenties, it was definitely based off of like the people around me, you know, the type of church that I went to, you know, whoever I was around at the time. I feel like I wasn't really leading myself in that sense. Um, Again, I felt like I was kind of just honestly going through the motions. Whatever felt good, it's like, all right, I'm going to just do that. I didn't feel like I had, um, I didn't have as much faith in myself in my 20s as I I started having in myself when I got older. So I feel like I just kind of went with the flow a little too much and that flow took me in the wrong direction. Um, So I will say when I hit my 30s, I just, I thought for myself a lot more you know I just was like you know what I'm not feeling this I'm not gonna do that or you know just like going to church a lot of people feel like they have to be in the church every single Sunday well that's fine but I also believe the church is the people you don't have to physically go to the actual building to have church but I ain't gonna get too too much into that well let's delve into it why why do you feel like um why do you feel like the church is the people and not necessarily and i'm not disagreeing i'm just saying you know elaborate on how you came to that concept and what makes you feel like the the church is more so the people and not less necessarily the building that they congregate in i mean to be honest um you know I, i understand the structure behind the church you know everybody has a different uh, denomination, you know, some people have a handbook and all that good stuff, but I honestly feel like at the end of the day, church for me is the fellowship with the people. So, we have one or two people, and you want to have church? 
and you happen to be in the parking lot sitting at a table or whatever you can have church right then and there I feel like it's the respect and the reverence for what you're actually doing in that moment um I don't think you have to be in a building um there's a lot of people who aren't going to church for the for the sole reason that they can't find a church to go to and I'm like okay well find some like-minded people and have church um until you can find a church but again that's just you know I wasn't necessarily raised in the church I found the church a little bit after I hit my 20s and like I said I kind of you know navigated through that on my own but nah you definitely don't have to be in a building per se to 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 have church you definitely don't okay all right so what's some like what's some of the stuff that you you know practice or do you do you believe in god do you believe in um just spirituality like what what's your what's your niche what's your beliefs like if you're if you're comfortable sharing but you know if you're on this podcast you're comfortable comfortable. comfortable. (laughs) listen this is what i signed up for this is what i signed up for so um, absolutely. I, I definitely believe in God wholeheartedly. You cannot tell me God does not exist. Um, the way I go about my spirituality, I, I coexist with everybody. I am a firm believer. As long as you ain't causing no hurt or harm to others or yourself, you know, and you just honestly just putting out pure intentions, I'm a, I'm all for it. I might not agree with, you know, what somebody else believes in, but I'm not going to disrespect their religion or they, their way of thinking. But for me, like I said, uh, you know, I grew up a little differently. You're not going to catch me in church on a single Sunday. Um, but you, I won't ever disrespect, you know, God and, and the way that I was, um, the way I was taught and stuff. But it's just the way I go about things a little different. You know, I meditate, um, I definitely do a lot of fasting, uh, especially when I feel like my body is taking a hit. I will fast. I will, you know, kind of just, I definitely have been praying more. I've gotten back into that. Um, And, you know, just being grateful and thankful. I think I would focus on a lot of negative things too much. And that also caused me to have that type of mindset that I always going to fail or I couldn't get out of that. So um, I would practice positive thinking so that I don't spiral. Because me, once I get in that negative mindset, that was it. That was it. So I feel like channeling your thoughts is definitely something that people should work on. Um, Not staying in that negative situation. Like, okay, you take a hit, but it's not the end of the world. Tell yourself to get back up. I think you made a very, very interesting point when you said, um, I kind of live, you know, side by side with anyone and what they believe as long as it doesn't harm anyone and I think it's I think that point is interesting because I think I've experienced a lot of people saying that Christianity has harmed them so <laughs> that's why I'm like mm, is it that person's perspective or is it just like the collective perspective of harm but I, I just thought that that statement was really interesting because I've heard a lot of people say that different religions have harmed them um or was it Whether the people it a, using the religion right people. right um so I, I just I don't know I think that that's a, a really interesting <laughs> statement I agree with it you should live you know side by side with anyone who has their own free will to believe what they believe but um <laughs> I just wanted to note that people <laughs> do perceive these different um religions as harmful sometimes 
Denise, have you experienced that? Where are you at in your spiritual journey? And, and um, give me yes. some insight. Yeah, so just following up on Red's um, experience, which is actually kind of similar to mine. Um, although, like, so to answer your question of First Asia, like, I, I do believe that there are certain aspects of religion in general that has, the way it's been executed has caused more harm. I mean, there's evidence of that. We, we've seen that time and time that people take certain aspects of religion and they use it as a weapon for against people rather than mm-hmm. something that's supposed to be like to help people um weaponize religion <laughs> weaponize religion absolutely <laughs> um right. and so to your second question as far as my spiritual journey um so i i believe in jesus christ i accepted him as my lord and savior when i was like 16 at some sort of like revival at church or whatever um and I think about that because I wonder back then if I really understood kind of like what I was accepting. Um, Because at 16, at me at 16, I don't believe that I was emotionally intelligent enough to really grasp the, um, the weight of, you know, spirituality and, Mm -hmm. you know, believing in, in higher being. It, it came with time and experience as an adult to really fully understand that foundational relationship that was built when I was very young. Um, and I credit my parents for that because they, they took the initiative to introduce me to you know Christianity, um, to, to learn about God, to learn about Jesus Christ. And then it was my own personal decision to, you know, um, accept and kind of like subscribe to, to that ideology. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting that it comes with experience to kind of really understand yourself, um, understand your relationship in the world and um, that belief in a higher power. For me personally, it's, it's my foundation. It's, it's what I go to. It's kind of like my center. I don't go to church as often as I probably should. Um, I grew up in a AMEZ church, which is, which is African Methodist Episcopal Zion. And that's a mouthful for you. Okay, um, it really is. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> down, down in the country. Um, right. In, in South Carolina. And, um, it was just like routine. Every Sunday we went to church. It wasn't really a discussion. We just we went to church. Um, and I got a lot of different things out of church. You know, the fellowship, you know, um, spending time with my family because it was a family church. So I was able to see my family. And then we had like, you know, Sunday dinners afterwards. And I remember going to vacation Bible school and all of that. Um, learning the Apostles' Creed, which I could recite to you word for word, but I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> no, that's it too. Oh. <laughs> which is also, but it's also called an affirmation of faith, which I thought was very interesting when I got older because, you know, I knew it as the Apostles' Creed as a child. And then when I got older, I realized it was also referred to as the affirmation of faith. And one of the things I really loved about my home, my home church, which I don't go to as often, um, because it's down the country and I've kind of got established with another church um, that's closer to me. But what I enjoy or what I appreciate is the fact that I have that opportunity to legit 
reaffirm my belief like you you say the words you know but it is what you are affirming um i love that verbiage as yeah. well the, the way that it's put um yeah affirmation of faith right is you correct there's an affirmation of faith and so it's just really stating what you believe like it starts off i believe and so it's just very boom that is what you believe there's no question really about it um but then there's the true understanding of 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 what that belief means in your life specifically um and the only way you get there is by living your life and pretty much you know defining it as you see it because it, it's not a one size fit all situation like my walk my spiritual walk and journey is completely different than anyone else's and vice versa Correct. um yeah yeah it, it just at all. no it can't be you know that's the thing like i don't i don't subscribe to this idea that just because i believe in something and the way i have perceived it and the way i actually execute it is the way that everyone else has to as well that's just that's just not reality um there's a lot of different beliefs in the world in existence and um i always take Even a standpoint the- even within a certain religion, yeah. you know, there's a lot of different beliefs within that religion. Because they have right. different doctrines and then different, you know, structures and, and everything. Right. And I think that's where you get into the mechanics. Like when you start breaking it down to sort of like this organized structure and you have their man-made structures, you know, like these are right. man-made structures. And we all know that once men are involved, I'm not talking about just men, I'm talking about people. Oh, I said right, right, right. people. Don't be offended. People another are another week brought to you for the destruction of men. No. In this, in this reference, I actually mean people. When people are involved in the building of certain um, structures, it, it can sometimes leave space for corruption. Um, because not everyone has good intentions just like they say um, what the road to hell is paved with good intentions so um, that is that's... such a southern thing to say Denise. girl I'm southern I'm from South uh, Carolina I am too but I am from too South well, not from South Carolina but yes. I, just, I just wanted to note that just because like <laughs> yes. I know a lot of people when I've been in like New York and I've been to over here in California they're like what are these sayings and where do you get <laughs> from the south I don't know where they came from. I don't know where they came from, but yeah, I think it's it's really a personal experience. And the other thing I will say is that I think it's very important to show respect to others, whether they believe or they do not believe. And the last thing you should ever, you know, position yourself to do is question someone else's belief or non-belief and I say that as someone who who does believe but their best friend does not and people wonder how can you be best friends with someone who doesn't believe in God it's simple I believe in our friendship and I believe that that is all we need right there I don't judge her and she doesn't judge me you know we respect each other's personal decisions to believe or not believe and we leave it at that and plus you know the way she lives her life you would think she does believe because I see light in her and I relate that light to the same light in me that I believe is is God so that is 
is so beautiful. I is love it? That. That is, <laughs> seriously, it is, Denise, because, you know, a lot of people let things like that determine their interactions with other people and they miss that person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a very like important concept is that when you're looking for the same in another person, you miss the originality of that person. Correct. Um, so I just I just I think it's beautiful that you see your friend, you know, for her and not for um, what others think you should perceive in her. Right. So I, I just think it's good. Absolutely. Right. We all have a spirit and that's the thing like you know you have to look at that and I think she has a beautiful spirit and that's what matters to me. My journey is um ex- is so different than the both of you. I yeah. love this we talk about everything. Um my journey start y'all know I love a good anecdote so <laughs> bring it on bring it on. My journey starts off, um, I was raised in the church. I used to go to church every Sunday with my grandma. And I went to, and I'm going to name this church because it it did not resonate with me, okay? But um, it was Little Zion Baptist Church. And it was this Southern Baptist Church um, headed towards like um, the Blythewood area. And when I tell you we were religiously there every Sunday, I was there for Bible study. I was there for the the pre-sermon, the sermon, the conclusion, the let the doors of the church stand open. I I was there for it all because my grandmother was an usher. So you had to be there for the entirety of it. I will say um, from the experience, I love the music. I love like Southern Baptist music and just like the way that they uh, have their own renditions of different hymns and songs. I concur but, with that. I, right. I concur 100%. But I remember sitting in church like um, I remember five years old sitting in church thinking I don't feel like I belong here at all. I don't feel any connection. I don't feel what these people are doing. Um, I don't know what's going on. I'm mostly just looking at everybody that's here and what they're doing. And <laughs> not, and, and I remember the sermons. I just didn't connect with them. I didn't connect with the pastor. Um, I honestly didn't feel like a strong connection radiating from him I just didn't connect I did not connect that connect at all and I think it's really um important to mention I still went to this church for years later with my grandma every Sunday until I got to about um nine or ten maybe um I want to say like maybe nine or ten and I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to go to church with my grandma because not because I didn't love my grandma or I didn't um, think the experience was interesting. It's just I wasn't connecting with it. I wasn't resonating with it. it. Right. And I I remember going from church to church to church later on, like in my teens and, and early 20s, trying to find a right church that I did resonate with that I really felt like oh yeah this is gonna be it um all while sticking to you know 
Southern Baptist Christianity. Uh, so I want to say before I, I delve into my experience more, I do not subscribe to Christianity as it is in ideology currently. I do not. Um, and <laughs> I'll elaborate on that, not because I feel like I have to explain myself, but because I want people to understand the dynamics of my experience. So um Fast forward a little bit more, you know, I stopped going to church about like nine or 10, but that doesn't mean that I still wasn't reading the Bible. I still didn't believe, you know, I, at that time, I very much so subscribed to Christianity and, and my experience in the world around me. A lot of people know when you come from the South, there's really not a choice not to subscribe to Christianity. Um, it's you subscribe, you, um, have a realization or you have a, a moment and then you go away from that or you find something that resonates with you better but if you're in the south most of the time you're going to be automatically subscribed to the magazine of christianity um <laughs> it's just wrapped in the bible belt and that's a big thing but I, I remember um, as I got into my teen years, I started to to seek kind of some type of connection with some church. And I was just like, let me go to as many churches as I can to see if um, there's just like some type of connection here. And I kept going to churches and I, I would feel like a, you know how you take... Um, you take something like two currents of energy, you try to spark them together to start up like anything, you know, mm -hmm. a, a light, a car or something. And I, I kept feeling like it was sparking, but it wasn't, it wasn't connecting. It just wasn't connecting. And I've had my own personal experiences with, you know, God and spirituality and, and, and things of that nature. But I, I, I want to elaborate on why I don't subscribe to the ideologies of Christianity. Um, I think growing up in the South, it helped me realize a lot. Um, I've lived a lot of different places and I've gotten the opportunity to see religion in a lot of different ways. And one thing I really noticed about being in the South is they take every opportunity to like um, create uh, division within the same religion and for me that really really threw me off I did not understand for, for the life of me why you had to have Lutheran Episcopalian and Catholic Catholicism and um, a Presbyterian and Zion and Baptist and all of this when the one main subscription was Christianity and I, I saw so many slight deviations to one religion that it it became more of a division in my mind with how these different denominations interacted than something that was communing them together and for me that was a huge turnoff I just immediately you know in my 20s I decided I Christianity is not something I subscribe to now if you ask me what I believe I wholeheartedly believe in God I <laughs> I love God I feel God I experience God a piece of God lives in me the creator is is God but I don't subscribe to Christianity because I felt like if we all believe in God, why do we have to have these small little deviations? Th that doesn't matter. 
it's creating more of a division than it is a unity because you commune here and you take, you know, the blood and the, the body of, of, you know, Jesus. And then over here, you know, we don't do that. That's not. So it was right. just, it was just churches literally battling each other to get the information out there when a religion is supposed to be something that unites people. I, I can't I can't see Christianity as something that I felt like has not have so much division in it. And even in that, so to speak, there's a lot of people who are very um, like contradicting and condemning of other people. And that's just not what I, I'm not I'm not OK with it. So I felt myself coming to a realization where I was like, I'm a God believer. So if I had to make my own religion, it would be God believers. Because I just don't think that, I just don't think that what I was taught and subscribed to younger was creating a community of people who commune together. And even since then, I've transitioned more. And I won't say that I don't believe in God or the creator I do believe in God and the creator but I've added more on to that with my spiritual journey and I just want to make another thing known um <clears throat> God is not a he he's not a she it's not like it, he's a for me he's a being well they're a being so I feel like we we kind of subscribe to making things that are omnipotent very gender specific right we try to assign gender to a supernatural being absolutely right right and 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 i want that to be really known that you cannot take something that is so greater and diminish it by saying oh it's a he or a she and i think that's very very patriarchal and (laughs) you know presents uh current issues we have in a society that is very very men driven um to assign an omnipotent creator as a he but we won't delve too much into that i'm gonna go back we don't have to delve into it but let's let's take a pin for real for just a second and i'll tell you my personal reason why i believe that is the case it is because what of what is historically factual and that is that the actual Bible that Christians, um, or actually the Bible, the Quran, um, the Torah, all of them were scribed by men. The people right. who actually put pen to paper were men. No women were involved in that. That's a historical fact. So the assignment of gender to God and all of those aspects or all of those different religious whatever yeah it's because of men but we can go back now it's it's a brainwashing mechanism but so um after making that that point i also want to say to uh to go back to me saying that i added on to my religion so i'm a god believer but i also believe in um the spiritual experience of like our ancestors and our spirit guides and the energies around us and just like the flow of the universe and i've added meditation and healing and um you know like stone energies experience i've added so many different things to my beliefs And it's opened my eyes a lot because I think that, yes, we do have a creator. We do have God, but we have all these other 
all these other experiences that contribute to our life. And that's our, I do believe we have past lives and past experiences. That's our lineage. That's our ancestors. That's our past lives. That's our spirit guides. That's the energy around us, the universe. I feel like all of these things contribute to, um, an experience and this is something that I always knew which is why I always felt like I had this um this kind of detachment from being in church every Sunday I always felt like I was there but it wasn't really I, I wasn't really experiencing anything and I feel like this is the awakening point where I since I've added in those other things I really 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 know that that feeling was was true so I, my spiritual journey has been beautiful. I will never say any part of it was horrible because even the bad parts are what people would consider bad parts. It wasn't horrible. It was literally eye-opening and beautiful and just, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to be open to a different experience. It really opens your eyes to how closely religion is related to magic to me because people people use words and they don't understand what they mean they don't understand the power in them and I, the reason why I say it's so close to, to magic for me when it comes to religion and experience because manifestation and words are both um, powerful they're powerful in energy and they're powerful in experience and when you say words, they mean things. They invoke feelings, they send energies, they speak things into the atmosphere, they call to things. Like, And I, I, I think when you think about the Bible and you think about the things that are said in the Bible, to me, it's magic. Those are spells, you know? Like for you to say, um, to whom much is given, much is required. You're already saying there, uh, I've been given a lot and or a lot of the, is going to be required of me. So there's the expectation that I need to give a lot. Uh, I think there are a lot of different spells in the Bible that people people say and they don't realize like hey I'm speaking magic I, I think manifestation is magic saying something and calling to it and bringing it to, to life that's magic and I think people get so caught up on what society has pushed them to believe or the negative connotation put on a lot of different spiritual experiences that they don't realize they're doing it themselves you know they don't even realize I'm, I'm I'm manifesting when I go to church and I pray for my family to get better or I pray for prosperity and I say it out loud you know hey I come to you God I'm asking for this that's that's manifestation that's a form of meditation and connection to the universe around you and I just, I feel like for my spiritual journey, it's been, like I said, a beautiful one and adding on all of the extra pieces of meditation, manifestation, magic, and just like understanding words and reading energies. I, I just think it's been, it's been a really beautiful experience and I'm thankful for it. And having an awakening later in life is... I feel like that was the best choice for me just because I feel if I had it earlier, 
I wouldn't have been able to enjoy the experience that I had and learn from it and bring more to the table. So my experience has been so different. Like I I love it. And I just, yeah, I'm going to just leave it at that. That's beautiful, (laughs) Tasia. That really is. And I can relate to a lot of the things you said. And I kind of want to ask Red a question or follow a question to um, what she mentioned as far as like, you know, going into your 30s and then Mm kind of like, was there anything really specific that kind of like was the catalyst? Like, was there a certain life experience? Like something happened? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Honestly, uh, as I went through my 20s, like things honestly just kept hitting me back to back. Um, So to answer your question, uh, my spiritual awakening basically came at the end of um, my marriage. Um, I had just had my second child. I was going through postpartum depression. It was literally like I hit my 30s and something in me was like, you know what? We're not moving this way anymore. This is not working. We're not growing. Um, that was it. So I honestly feel like I just got to the point where my everything that was around me just I, I just knew it wasn't working anymore. So I probably would say um, probably my marriage. Um, knowing that that was over, uh, that was a huge chapter in my life. Um, that relationship uh, in general was a huge chapter in my life. So I would say that was probably the catalyst. That's what really like kind of sparked everything and it just went from there. And I haven't looked back. You know yeah. what? I had a similar experience like that too, but mine didn't Mine happened, my first awakening happened when I was 19. And my second awakening happened, um, I want to say this year. But my second awakening happened because I lost my mom three years ago. So I had to get out of the mode where I felt so angry with God. Because I was very, very angry with God. Like, very angry. So... I felt like my second like awakening happened because I had to realize and some people may get this and some people may not the beauty in losing my mom mm-hmm. because yes, it's a great sadness, but there's so much beauty in the journey that happens after you lose someone that important. They say there's beauty in ashes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that literally it like pushed my third eye and I'm just like awakened and I I work on threes like threes the number three that's always like my number so that's why you love me so much because my lucky number (laughs) or my favorite number is three I am one I have three sisters I am the third daughter I'm the third granddaughter at least on my mother's side and then my birthday is May 31st which is you know the three is in front so yeah I love threes, even though twos rule my life. (laughs) Um, But I love threes. That's always been my favorite number. I've always been so attracted to it. And this being the third year, it's only right that literally there's a great awakening from it. And Denise, I absolutely love you. You're so right. (laughs) I I love you too. I love you too, Red. And it's funny, like, I'm... I find it very interesting and relatable and I'm pretty sure it resonates with a lot of people that that you have to go through certain things sometimes in life unfortunately to 
to kind of really feel that connection or identify that connection within you. Sometimes it's almost like that that soul searching moment that you're kind of thrown into because something really overwhelming has happened in your life. And I've had moments in my life where I have had those overwhelming feelings and I something has happened. And in, in most cases, you know, it's understandable to sit there and say, why is this happening to me? But you know what's very interesting? And this is how I knew I I was I was somewhere a little further on my spiritual growth journey when at the age of 26, I got some very devastating news. Um, my doctor called and the first thing she said was, get your mother on the phone with you. Like she literally said, get your mother on the phone with you. Luckily I was at my mom's house because I was living with her at the time and put her on the speaker and she proceeds to tell me that they found cancerous tissues when we had just done a procedure. Um, and then she goes on to say, this is what's happened. This is what we need to do. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, I have cancer, you know? And of course the first thought is typically, you know, why is this happening to me? But you wanna know what I felt actually? In that moment, I was thankful. I was thankful that if it had to happen to someone it happened to me and it didn't happen to my sisters. That was my very first fault in that moment. And I just, I was thankful that if someone had to carry this burden or cross, as some people say it, it was me. I wasn't very happy about the fact that I had to carry it, but I was happy in the fact that it was me and not someone else that I love. You know, I share that same experience as well. Like when my when my mom was passing away, um, she she told me that she was ready to go, <laughs> and nobody around wanted her to go on, you know, palliative care or hospice. No one wanted her to. They would keep asking her to fight, 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 fight. And I remember her telling me we were sitting in this room on the fifth floor of the hospital and it was a really big room but it didn't have great windows and I remember thinking this room has horrible windows and she looked at me and she said you know Tasia I'm tired I don't want to fight anymore she said but I'm sticking around for your brother because he can't take it right now and I'll mind you like you know my mom went in the hospital literally on the first day of 2018 and um, she was in the ICU she coded they brought her back to life so she's in the hospital after this just got out of the ICU the flu was going around really bad and they they were trying to get anyone who would could potentially get sicker you know off the ICU floor so they put her in like the NICU area so we were in that area and you know like I said she looks at me and she tells me she's tired and she's just fighting because my brother wants her to fight not because she wants to fight and I remember them moving her to a different room and um she was in a lot of pain so she took medication uh you know they had like a, a drip and she wasn't eating a lot and I remember that first day that she had went into the hospital the palliative, just to, to, to go back a little bit, the palliative care nurse in the ICU, she pulled me and my brothers to the side and she said, um, you know, 
a lot of patients get better and then they get worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she said, if anything happens to her, um, does she want a DNR or, you know, what's her wishes? And I remember my brother just cupping his face with his hand. He was like, I can't do this. And he walked off and everything was left on me. Everything was always left on me. And I was so strong for my mom because I knew she had already had this conversation with me. You know, she she used to tell me at home what her wishes were, like what she wanted, what she wanted. And you you sit there and you listen and you're like, stop. I don't want to talk. You know, I don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. that. But then the time comes when you have to bring those conversations back to the forefront. And I remember looking at the palliative care nurse and I was saying, you know, she doesn't want to be resuscitated. She doesn't. And she moved all around, she shifted all around, and finally came to the last room that she was in. And she was on a lot of medication, so they said, you know, um, she told us that she wants you to sign any paperwork that has to be signed in case she's not coherent to sign it. So they consider you not coherent when you're on a lot of medicine. Even if you are coherent, they consider you not when you're in the hospital. So they ask you who's your, you know, power of attorney, who's the person that can sign for you. So I remember sitting there and the palliative care nurse asked, um, what does she want, you know? Does she still want to continue to fight or does she want to go on hospice? And I looked at the paperwork and I looked at the lady and I looked at the paperwork and I looked at the lady and I looked at my mom. And I heard every conversation that had been had by everyone, my brother, my uncles, her friends, everybody. I I kept hearing everything that they were saying just kind of like channeling through my head. And they're like, no, you know, she needs to fight. She needs to da 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 And then I heard this clear voice that was just like, you have to give her what she wants. It doesn't matter what I want. Doesn't matter what anyone else wants. Doesn't matter about anyone else's needs, wants, and experience. It's about her and what she wants. This is her life. So I looked at the paper and I knew my mom had already told me, you know, she was tired. She wanted to to um, go on hospice. She wanted to be in palliative care. So I signed the paperwork. And when I tell you, this is a very defining moment for me because spirituality kicked in a thousandfold. I literally had like my family, my friends, her friends, all against me on this decision that she wanted and I remember you know watching them slowly like give her the morphine and all that stuff like that and I I went I I got called into the hallway uh to go speak to the doctor so I did and I remember on the way back to the walk into the room I just like broke down I broke down and my brother came out and he said he grabbed me and he said, Tasia, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that we were fighting against you and not thinking of what she wanted and trying to force her into something. And I, I knew my spirituality at that moment was real because my brother could feel my energy radiating. He could literally feel that I was going to break down. And 
every every thought every emotion that I had he understood it he understood what was transpiring it was like literally like an eye-opening experience and he just apologized he said I'm here you know we have to give her what she wants I understand she's tired I was being selfish I was trying not to let her go and you know we went through there's a lot more to that story but I'm not gonna (laughs) I'm not gonna go too too deep into that but relating it to spirituality when I lost her when I tell you when you're losing a parent you have to listen to intuition you have to listen to your spiritual guides you have to listen to the universe because they told me to go see her um you know like I just got this real strong urge and feeling to see her like the night before she passed away and then that morning uh, when she passed away everything was going wrong anyone who knows me knows I am never late I'm always on time that is like (laughs) that is like my thing to be punctual and y'all I was running so late I was running late. I was supposed to be there at 10 o'clock and Mimi needed to be taken out. Mimi is my dog for y'all who don't know, AKA my baby, but Mimi needed to be taken out. I woke up late. Um, I was like, should I just let her poop or pee in the house and just run to the hospital? And something was just like, no, you need to, you know, take, take your dog outside. (laughs) So, um, as I mentioned, I had saw her the night before. I went there like 9 or 10 o'clock at night and saw her the night before. And um, this morning, I just, I was, y'all, I was dragging. I was dragging that morning. And I went to go put my foot in the car, my right foot in the car, y'all. I opened the door and I, I'm putting my foot in the car and my phone's ringing. My phone is just ringing, ringing, ringing. And it's the palliative care nurse. And she's like, you know are you okay I don't know why everybody's like are you sitting down like <laughs> it's, it's they're just like are you sitting down Get, we got some news for. Uh, I know if you asking me if I'm sitting down this isn't gonna be some happy-go-lucky news but you know she tells me she's like you know your mom passed away 10 15 y'all it was like 10 23 it was like 10 20 I was I was getting in the car I was almost there And I know it's because I shouldn't have, you know, I wasn't supposed to see her take her last breath, but I'm going to tie this back into, you know, my spiritual journey. Losing her um, put me in a really, really dark place. If you want something to challenge what you believe in your experience, it's losing someone that will challenge you to right to a level you didn't feel you could be challenged and I remember literally waking up the next day y'all I didn't I didn't get out the bed my friend came over and literally dressed me literally put my underwear on my body because I would not get out of the bed and she was just like get up we have to leave this this apartment you can't stay here and we went out and I just remember thinking how pissed off I was at God like pissed like I'm not gonna talk to you anymore I'm a child I'm angry <laughs> like right, right. pissed and even for years after that I was pissed 
But I want people to really, really think about the statement earlier I said when there was a beauty in losing my mom. It literally transformed me because it makes you really think of what life and death is. And death is not an ending, but a transition to a different experience. And that person's energy and their love and everything is still swirling around you. It's still so alive. And I I just remember thinking to myself, like, I I don't want to be here if I can't be around her. Just feeling like jaded, so super jaded. And I came to the point where I, I realized me losing my mom could help me help other people who lost their parents and I remember uh, like after that it was like everybody around me that I knew at work like their parents were passing away and I remember this one person telling me um it doesn't get better (laughs) like she was the only person who kept it real she was like look this shit doesn't get better you just learn how to deal with it better it doesn't get better (laughs) and I just remember respecting her so much I was like this is the only person who was honest with me only person who was honest with me and I I took what she said and it really resonated with me and I was able to help all the other people who their, their moms crazy enough were passing away and what I took from losing my mom is people are so hard on themselves to be something I remember pushing myself to be the strong person in a situation where I damn sure should have been the person who could break down and feel okay with it. And that that should have been a right that I had. And mm-hmm. I, I, I tell anyone who has lost someone that's very close to them, allow yourself to feel everything and be unapologetically unashamed for it because you deserve it it's necessary it's healing it's a connection and you have to connect to yourself you have to connect to your higher self and the energy so you'll never forget or 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 let the 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 understanding of their energy still being super alive be forgotten and i just that's that's what i always tell anybody when they're like you know i lost this part i'm like hey First and foremost, don't be hard on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to cry, cry. Right, I'm in a, a damn AT&T, y'all. I was crying and picking up my brother at iPad from AT&T. And allowing myself to feel everything really, really, really built me to where I'm at now for this spiritual awakening because my mom is still all around me. My friend's energies are all still around me. Um, I can talk to her anytime I want, you know? Her energy doesn't disappear. Energies just recycle. Her energy didn't disappear. And I, I feel like it was necessary for me to experience that so I can be a help to other people in multiple capacities because that's what I was put here to do is help people, so it's contributed a major lot to my spiritual journey. You definitely a good helper. <laughs> you helping me. You thank y'all for listening to my long-winded story. <laughs> Listen, I was hearing it again like I ain't heard it before. I was like, okay. 
Oh, well, that was this was my first time, but I, you know, I think this is a space for for you. This was a space for you to kind of give your um, what some would call a testimony, and your reflect on your journey and and how you got to that point by going through something that is. It's, it's something we all will go through in life, you know, like um, unless our parents, you know, die when we were very young, you know, we get older and if our parents are still living, that that is inevitable. And it's something we have to unfortunately kind of like think about. But um, I'll say this much because, you know, I've been taking some takeaways on what you and Red have um, talked about during our our discussion. And the one thing that both of you highlighted on this whole being less hard on yourself and kind of giving yourself a little bit more grace um, to, you know, to make mistakes, to not be perfect. I literally just had this conversation yesterday with my, um, one of my first cousins. Um, A lot of people, well, y'all may know this. I have a very large family. My dad is one of 15 kids, 12 girls, three boys. That means I am one of like 68 grandchildren. So (laughs) I, I share grandparents with like 60 some odd other people. Right. right? But our family is very close. Like, I don't know how we are so close, but we are. They are. Y'all, they are. We are very close. They are. So, and I love that. I absolutely, I love that. But my, I was talking to my cousin yesterday and he was kind of talking about that specific thing. Cause you know, we all dealt with like anxiety and depression last year with COVID. And um, one of the things that he was told by like one of his therapists or doctors or whatever is that people have got to get to the point, you know, you know, meditation and acceptance and all that kind of stuff, giving, carving out time for yourself and being less hard on yourself. Like we, we'll give other people um, graces will forgive other people for doing things against us, but sometimes we won't even forgive ourselves. Right. Um, and so we really have to take the time to do that. So that's one thing that both of you touched on. And I just wanted to kind of like chime in and um, sign my name to that. Um, another thing that Tasia, you talked about in, in describing your spiritual journey is number one, not feeling that connection at a young age when you were in church. And I think that resonates with a lot of people, you know, because you're you're just going to church. You're not really sure what's going on. Like you really don't have a full understanding of that, or most people don't at that you very don't young age. Have the opportunity to say like, I this doesn't resonate with me. Let me let me right look up other things. You know, right. Like, you're not really given that opportunity to do so because any question or judgment about the church. Not in the South. You do not do that. You right. go to church. Your mama said, "Go to church. Go to church." You're not really know. You don't, you may not know why you're going to church, but you know you're going to church. Right. Um. And that's something I c- I can connect with too because even when I was like in my early twenties, you know, my mom would consistently always tell me, "Denise, you need to go to church. Go to church. Go to church." And she made this comment about the fact that you know if I were to die, um, and I'm not a member of a church, it caused a lot more to bury me. And I was like, "Well, mama, I don't necessarily know if." that's a really good reason why I should go to church (laughs) but we'll be okay um (laughs) so I do understand now at an older age how worship and that connection with other people who believe it is it is important it kind of feeds your your spirit at times and you kind of need that connectedness um another thing you talked about was the energy and the connection to our past lives and our ancestors and that's something I completely subscribe to um i know i'm probably not the only one that this has happened to but i periodically will have dreams of my ancestors like my family members who have passed on and it's 
sometimes it's just like random maybe they're just there and there's but there's a reason why they're there maybe right. they're checking up on something they're asking like one of my aunts who passed away she was in my dream and she actually asked me about her granddaughter who she raised um but i could see like all these different people and they also um what my mom told me is that sometimes when your ancestors come to see like your past loved ones come to see you in your dreams they're coming to comfort you sometimes like if you're going through something and I remember when I was going through that really horrific time in my life um see here it's, it's a hierarchy so when I'm sick I want my mom you know like when I don't feel good when I'm really really sick like I'm in the hospital I want my grandma like I need, I need the upper <laughs> echelon. I need the upper <laughs> echelon of of mother. I need my grandma. Right. But then when I was going through that ordeal in my dream, I and I vividly remember this. My great grand, my mother's mother's mother, um, was in my dream. I was in her house in her kitchen, and she had me sit down at her kitchen table. And she made me homemade biscuits and she just, she wouldn't let me do anything. She just made me biscuits. And this is a woman I really didn't have that close of a relationship with because she passed away and I, I think it was in the third grade. I, I met her, of course, I knew her. Um, like I can see her face and I can hear her voice, but that's how I knew like she was coming back to comfort me when I was going through something really intense. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, something that you, you mentioned, Tasia, is the morning you got up and you had that feeling that you need to go to the hospital, like you needed to be there. I had that same feeling when my aunt, one of my aunties was in the hospital battling cancer and we knew things were not good. I remember I was at work one day and I was just sitting there, I was like, what am I doing here? You know, like, why am I here? My aunt is right down the street in the hospital. We know she doesn't have that much time left. I left work, like I took leave and went to the hospital and just sat there in her room and I was crocheting because I just taught myself how to crochet. And I was really proud of myself because I'm like, I taught myself how to crochet, I'm so awesome. Um, and I was crocheting a <laughs> scarf. And I was sitting there and people were coming in and her her daughter was there for a second. Her, her youngest son had left, he had gone somewhere, but her daughter was like in and out at certain times. And then I think one of my other cousins was there as well that had just come in. And I remember just like, it was this weird sensation that I felt in the room. It wasn't like eerie or anything, but it was just like, I don't know. I just felt some sort of energy in the room. Mm -hmm. and. Before I knew it, doctors and nurses were coming in and then her, her daughter came back and they asked us to step out of the room, like me and my cousin to step out of the room. And then they came out of the room and they pretty much told us that she had passed. And so I had to call my father and tell him that his sister had just passed away. But I, I remember that and I remember listening to that voice and being there because I wanted to be there because I loved her so much and she was always there for me even though I'm one of like 60 some odd nieces and nephews of hers you know like she was my auntie she loved me she was always there and I just wanted to be there for her and I'm just so thankful that I listened to that voice and I went because I'll always have that 
you know, that memory of just being there, just having my presence in the room with her when she was you taking know, her last breaths. Denise, I thank you for um, everything that you've been sharing and especially sharing, you know, your experience with um, cancer and and how you, you thought of of everyone else except Denise in that moment. And, and that, that was, that's what resonated me to, you know, elaborate more on my story and how I shared that experience with you. And I, I, I urge people to, to listen to the energies and to really read the energies. I have a text message in my phone where I texted my mom after I had a dream that I was in a hospital, not me physically, but I was at the hospital and someone was in the hospital. And I remember texting her because I felt this really strong energy, like really strong, negative, deep energy. And I texted her November the 17th, you guys. I said, Mom, you know, something really bad is going to happen. I feel it. And that was the morning after I had that that dream of me being at the hospital and someone was in the hospital. So I, I do wholeheartedly believe spirituality is a beautiful, great thing, amazing thing. Like, um, like Denise said, upper echelon type <laughs> galaxy experience. And the universe does tell you things. Energy tells you things. Um, energy gives you a premonition of the future. Uh, and energy can also be, you know, very closely related to instinct. But if you really, really in tune yourself with your spiritualness and the universe around you, your ancestors, God, spirit guides, you know, whatever you believe, if you really in tune yourself with it, the universe answers all your questions. All your questions are answered. All your experiences are validated. Um, you get premonitions. You you feel, you know, you feel those foreshadowing for things to come. Uh, I say all of this just to say, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for my experience. I'm thankful for both of you sharing your experiences. And I just think spirituality is a very important thing to delve into freely and not be bound by um, rules and regulations. <laughs> rules and regulations. Rules That's a nice way to frame it. <laughs> um, and I just, I just, I wish that everyone has the opera. I wish and hope that everyone has the opportunity, to, even at a young age, to just experience. Um, and not be pushed into anything. And another thing that was like a reoccurring theme that I want to bring to the light, you know, from you, Denise, and from you, Red, is communion. Um, people get so wrapped up in, in the word and, and what the word is, and the word was the truth and the truth was the word, that they don't realize you're missing a very valuable aspect. And Red, you you tap you tapped on it wholeheartedly. Denise, you brought it back around too, and I'm going to say it again, that communion that you have, the community of communion, and it's the people that you're building these connections with. It's not just the 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 words that are transpiring or the experience it's these people you guys are literally sharing your multiple experience into one pot and stirring it up and creating something beautiful and a lot of people get so wrapped up on denominations or so wrapped up on um the what what is it the um logistics of it mm -hmm. that they forget 
I'm meeting someone new. We're growing together. We're learning together. We're building a bond where I'm here for you and you're here for me. I feel your energies when you're you're here. I feel you when you're away. And the for me, the ultimate spirituality connection is one unified consciousness because we all exist on this plane to think together and to experience together. So that's just my one little little addition on to the end there. well you know that that tags on to what i mentioned earlier as far as right. part of that affirmation of faith you know there's a phrase in that affirmation of faith that says communion of saints right that's what it refers to i believe in the communion of saints meaning we need to be around others who believe and in, in order to like build our our spirituality and our spiritual journey and our walk so. right I agree. I definitely agree. Y'all, this was such a powerful episode. I <laughs> knew it would be. We already knew what time it was when we got on spirituality. <laughs> yeah, which means next week we can talk about something really, really petty. Um, I'll pick the topic for next week since I'm I'm the Are queen we going of petty. petty? <laughs> Listen, I, I think okay. we need not to not to um take this spiritual journey a podcast episode <laughs> but we need some ratchet next week i'll be bringing a ratchet next week Absolutely. i will help bring that ratchetity as as usual you can catch us every wednesday releasing this podcast to the universe at 4 p.m pacific standard <laughs> you got it girl you got and it. 7 p.m eastern standard time that's wednesday 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 every week we're going to be starting a new book of the month that we brought you today we're going to bring you one next month that we're reading we have so many different things in the works for you guys and i'm so excited that you tune in every week to listen to us talk about any and everything that's on our minds and i hope you tune in next week as you know if you want to follow me the host you can catch me on twitter at tasia underscore talks and if you want to follow denise um you can follow me on twitter at pd rocks and if you want to follow your girl red you can follow me on twitter at little red rider I think this is the first time Denise didn't go P E E D. <laughs> I figured I done did it enough, you know. Okay. And like oh, I, I said, I coffee. said I done did it enough. That's me and my my little slang getting ready for Ratchet City next week. There we go. <laughs> the Carolina's gonna come up. Yes, the country girl. Make sure you follow us. Tune in every week. We we love to hear anything you guys have to say. Denise told you at the beginning. If you want to reach us, give say something nice to us uh tasia talks podcast at gmail.com i'm so excited that you guys tune in every week for this and we're gonna catch y'all next week with something real real juicy all right we out